from the bowels of the blue September. It's the IGN Digigods. Now, please welcome, won't you, two boondock sinners, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Mm, boondock sinners. What a reference there, Bob. To whom do we owe that? Nicholas Gordon. Uh, Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Keep on sending them. Keep on. Keep on sending them. Nicholas Gordon sends us a lot of uh, good intros. Wait, I have a question. Go ahead. Hit me. Why won't you try my Nutella bacon ice cream? The question answers itself. It really does. You really will not try my Nutella bacon ice cream. Nutella bacon ice cream. Yes. Just just think about that. Look, there are a lot of things that I like. Look, I like hummus. Love hummus. Um, I like ice cream as well. And I like um, I like broccoli, but hummus broccoli ice cream does not necessarily have a good a nice ring to me. You're, you're saying that Nutella ice cream doesn't sound good to you? No, really, Nutella? Nutella is for like putting on waffles and stuff. Oh, it's, oh, yeah, your mind. It's like a spread. It's a it's a yes. It's, it's, it's I mean hazelnut, but it's basically like hazelnut chocolate tasting spread. And no. that's not good for ice for ice cream. Uh, no. And then it's got bacon. Yeah. No. Bacon. No. Hazelnut bacon. What is it with you and like uh, strange variations on bacon? Awesome. Why just bacon? Just let bacon be bacon. Don't be jealous. Don't be a hater. Don't be a bacon hater. Why can't bacon just be bacon? That's the best. Anyway, Uh, we're supposed to talk about uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and all that kind of jazz. We just got out of um, Captain America. We did. Yeah. And uh, you liked it more than I did, but I I, I liked it too. Well, I don't know if I liked it. You know, it it did not deeply offend my sensibilities. I didn't walk out just screaming hatred for the world like I did after Green Lantern. That's true. You know? You know, the thing thing with Captain America is that I thought that the... um, You said it well. You said it's the the best movie that you could do about Captain America. It is true, because he really does run around in some crazy suit and... uh, and a big with a shield and throw a shield around. With a shield. I mean, you know. Hey, look, honestly, let's face it. It's Joe Johnson got to remake The Rocketeer, finally. That, that is true. You know. I think I would have bought it more if, if the Red Skull was a more interesting character. Yeah. Because he was your your basic take over the world <laughs> kind of a guy, and that wasn't that interesting. What is it with bald guys and no noses, right? Like Red Skull, Voldemort, mm-hmm. cage match? What do you think? And also, I never quite understood how he became the Red Skull. I mean, I guess it was that cube thing, but I, it didn't really no, no, make no, sense. No, 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 no. It was all explained. Was it was it? the serum. Yeah, it was the serum that uh, yeah. Stanley Tucci gave him originally. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and it went, also... It, it, I, went, it went wrong. I also would have maybe bought it more if uh, also the love interest was a little more developed. Oh, she was developed all right. Yeah, ba-bam, ba-bam. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but it's good. I liked it. It was fine. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start off with just one kid's title this week. Just, be, just to kind of give it a mention because this thing is really, lame really sweet. Titles. You know what? This one is actually sweet. And there are a lot, of, a lot of lame ones out there. But, uh, you know, with Winnie the Pooh out in, uh, in movies, uh, you know, that new Winnie the Pooh movie, I'm not even going to talk about Winnie the Pooh. I'm going to talk about, no, not a bear, but an elephant. The Elephant DVD with Eric Herman. Uh, something really cool about this animation. I got to tell you, it, just because it is, it's cool and retro and super simple, and it almost made me want to go out and draw again. I, uh, I really kind of dug it. It's, uh, this is an award-winning... Uh, and what award would that be, Wade? What award did it win? It won, the, uh, the, it won this Dove Award here for, you know... For Jack S. Well... <laughs> I mean, honestly. Uh, no, this is actually really, really cute. It's uh, it's just one of those. It's kind of a standard kids thing. It's sort you know songs and uh, and and lessons about life and all that. But uh, I actually thoroughly enjoy this. And there, what's really cool about this is that it's got um, this jukebox feature on it, where you can. Uh, Why do we always start with the dumbest DVD? Honestly, I mean, come on. No, you can mix up all the fifteen songs. Oh my god, Dude, it's, it's great! Babys- it's babysitting time this summer. Parents want to keep the kids occupied. This is a great one. For when the is it ones. not babysitting time? It's they'll always be, babysitting be time. All these songs. No, it's really really fun, and it'll make you love elephants, like really love elephants. Ephelins, I like ephelins. Ephelins so, are this cute. Is a, this is a great one for the kids. The Stupid elephant elephants. with Eric Herman, and uh, I, I really don't know that I ever knew who Eric Herman was before this, and I'm not sure that I'm that familiar with why he's important now, but. 
There it is. Stupid elephant. Awesome elephants. So, Mark, last week we were talking about some television, uh, or at least teasing the television that we were going to talk about today, and you led off by talking talking some crap about some show, and you were saying things about stuff, and it didn't make any sense to me. You, you want to, you wanna, like, uh, pick up where we left off? Well, I, I said that um, I had gone out with a girl who was a writer's assistant on, as it turns out, The Cape. Oh, The Cape. When I was there a couple times, I liked her. I kind of wanted to keep going, but she wasn't interested. Um, and at the time, she was uh, really, really hoping that uh, the, at the time the uh, show had not premiered yet, and uh, they had their fingers crossed. They were very happy about some good reviews they had gotten in uh, Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, well, it, but in it, the end, of course, the Cape got uh, wah wah canceled. I have a very interesting question regarding this because the Cape was a highly touted show, not badly reviewed. Uh, it, and it's it was trying to ride the whole superhero crest. You know, we're just we're inundated with superheroes right now. Like we're talking about Captain America. We you know it's a superhero movie summer galore, on and on and on and on. I mean, we've had like you know, with Thor and uh, Green Lantern and Captain America, and we're we're you know you could even throw in uh, Harry Potter and Transformers is all kind of part and parcel uh, part and parcel of the whole genre thing. But here's the thing, the cape. Uh, if if all of that is really in the zeitgeist, the cape should have taken off. And Wonder Woman, which I did not watch, but that show was dead on arrival as well, the new Wonder Woman series. I mean, dead on arrival. And, you know, can you get any cheesier than the original Wonder Woman with Linda Carter? No, I don't think so. So what's going on that this superhero madness, for whatever reason, is not translating over into television? Well, you know what? I, th- I think from what little I know, I think the, the problem with the Wonder Woman uh, pilot was just uh, David E. Kelly's take. It was essentially Ally McBeal as a superhero. Right. You know, she, she, like, the world knows that she's Wonder Woman. Yeah. And she runs a corporation. And people know that she's Wonder Woman. That's what ended her dolls. Heroes, and, Heroes finally fell apart, too. That was hot for about 90 seconds and then was in the third season or whatever. It just, it just, it just collapsed. Yeah, it's true. And Modern Family, or not Modern Family, but the, the, the what, what's the superhero family Yeah, show? The Modern uh, the Heroes the, or something. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. With Michael Chiklis? Yeah, I mean, that, is that thing doing well? Uh, it is not. It is, limp, no. it is limping along if it's so, still even so on. So superheroes on TV, not, not. I mean, you know, Smallville is, is done, right? Look, that, that, it is done, but that had a great 10-year run. Yeah, it did, but I'm, what I'm saying is right now, in this, this is supposed to be the superhero moment mm-hmm. right now. But you like, know have you seen the new teaser for for uh, the Dark Knight Rises? Indeed, I have. Pretty cool, huh? It is good. Yeah. But um, you know, I have to say about the superhero thing on TV. There's something about the superhero thing where I feel like if you give me the the big origin story with the bombast. Did and you the, see the big and, orgy story? Yes. Okay. The big origin story. Okay. <laughs> orgy story. Yeah. Big origin Kinda story. Cool, right? yeah, yeah, big, yeah. I'll see that story. Yeah. Uh, the big origin story with the bombast and the music and the big time directors and the big name actors. That I want to see. Yeah. When it's like, you know, a superhero where it's like Tom Welling or some TV guy who came up from a soap opera. I yeah. don't care. I, I hear you. You know. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's got to be special, Wade. Special. It does. It's got to be special. Anyway, the Cape be... uh, lasted uh, less than one season. No one cared. And it, well, there it is. It's the complete series of the Cape. Uh, you know, worth a look, I think. Worth a worth a, a check out. It's. Uh, if this were not original for television, if this were based in, in some kind of previous incarnation, a comic book, a graphic novel, uh, some kind of a, a movie, something, I think people might have gotten uh, with it because it's a very interesting origin story. It's a very interesting take on the whole superhero thing. It's very unconventional, but uh, there it is, and uh, that's the cape. Uh, complete series. No one cares. Yeah, it's worth worth checking out. It no. really is. It's worth a worth a. It, it's really not a bad show. It just not it just it just uh, didn't it didn't catch fire. You know what? Either the culture likes it. The culture's interested, or the culture's not it, interested. Television is massively competitive now. Television, we place the smell vision. Thank you. Television is massively competitive on a level that I don't think we could, we've ever remembered. If you if you don't catch fire in two or three episodes, you're done. I mean, you really have to catch fire, and the only way to catch fire is if they if they're advertising like mad and crazy and just through the roof. And the only the only you know nobody advertises that extensively anymore. So. Uh, Wade, uh, here's a show no one cares about, the PJs. Now, it's a fun ju- show. We just talked about the PJs a couple weeks ago. They uh, released yeah. season one on DVD. Now they have season two. The Get PJs was on Fox. It was known uh, mainly because Eddie Murphy uh, lent his voice to it and it had this sort of this claymation animation that was kind of cool. 
But uh, and it did win a couple of uh, primetime Emmys. Yeah. But in the end, I just didn't really buy the show, and I don't see any reason. I to. enjoyed the animation. Um, I, I'm not sure why this one didn't catch fire either. I would have thought Eddie Murphy claymation, but the, but maybe it's because the animation was just a little too much. Yeah, you know what? That's it was a some... little intense. It was a little aggressive. Like like the Simpsons, easy on the eyes. You know, even Family Guy, easy on the eyes, very easy to digest. South Park, you know, Ren and Stimpy, all those things, very easy to kind of. But the, the claymation, the three dimensionality, it was it was almost so well done that it just you had to pay too close attention to it. I mean, I, I know what you're going to say, but imagine a weekly show. Yeah. From Nick Park. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that. I no, I, I exactly. That. Yeah, that would be. Like, it would be. It goes a long way on that one. It's a. It's very aggressive. Very very aggressive. Well, anyway, we have got, uh, according to Jim, the complete fourth season, and uh, there are a few special features on here, which is the only reason to recommend this. If you have watched any number of, if you've ever watched According to Jim, honestly, this is one of those sitcoms where I can truly say, is it great? No. Is it terrible? No. Every episode, exactly like every other episode. Truly. It, it's just amazing to me. Uh, you know, Belushi does his, his uh, you know, his, schlo- his slob shtick, which is all all these slobby guys. In, and that includes, uh, the, you know, the friggin' guy on uh, uh, on Family Guy. It includes Homer. It, they're all of them. They're all variations on um, what? I, you know what? Why are you shaking your head? Can they're I all just, variations on Ralph Cramden. Can I just say yeah. that as more proof that there's no God. What? Somehow, John Belushi was taken from us. Yes, but Jim was we left, left with us. With, we were left know, with Jim Belushi. I know. I How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, you know, he's just another variation on Ralph Cramden. He's doing his blue-collar best. He's the guy, you know, it's uh, whatever. And Courtney, Courtney Thorne-Smith has to do her level best to just be the good wife and, and manage that crazy, wacky husband of hers. Coach was another one of these, wasn't it? They're all Coach? Kind of, a little bit. They're all kind of the same. I mean, really, really, the only ugly sitcom wife I can ever remember is Roseanne. That's true. I mean, there really are no ugly sitcom wives. Wow. Because here's the thing: is that they had is that the, you know they know the people who make sitcoms they understand that the women control the remote control. Yes. In the average American home, the woman decides what to watch. Pretty much. So, if there's a sitcom where there's a hot wife, they know that the men are going to want to watch it. Oh, the men are not going to want to see a fat guy at a fat wife and their ugly fat kids. It's not going to happen. Interesting. That is true. That That's is the true. rationale behind it. Well, anyway, you get some uh, some featurette stuff on here, and that's it. Just featurettes, just plugging away. Uh, it's you know, look, rent, if you like the show, look, you're not going to start with the fourth season. So who am I kidding? Right? You're not gonna I disagree. F- you're not going to start with the fourth season. If you've got, if you're on board, you're on board. If you're not, you're not. And there it is. Uh, likewise, Eureka Season 4.0. Jeez, we already talked about this. Uh, the only the, 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 This show just, you know what, it just sort of limps along. They don't really I care know, about this it's show. it's strange, isn't it? it just sort of, the only thing, that, <laughs> this is what's weird, speaking about limping along, all these original sci-fi shows. The, uh, the, 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 here's what's funny about this. They're really touting this. The packaging even touts it in a big way. That this includes the bonus crossover episode from Warehouse 13. Oh, my God. And speaking of Warehouse 13, wait, here it is. There it is. Warehouse 13, season two. Yeah. This is another show that uh, just sort of kind of like is. It's just, you know what it is? It's just like. (laughs) If you're going to. Look, I'm sorry. If Eureka is going to have a crossover episode, like if it said, uh, you know, crossover episode with ER, I'd be impressed. Sure. But, you know, it's like, uh, hey, did you hear the, the web series uh, Schmoey and the Schmutzies had a crossover episode with... Uh, Schmoey and the Schmutzies? Schmoey and the Schmutzies had a crossover episode with the with that uh, really incredibly cool video podcast, uh, Doohickey and the Diddles. Like, really? Wow, I'm so Doohickey glad. Doohickey and the Diddles. Schmoey and the Schmutzies and Doohickey and the Diddles. Well, I'm so glad they're doing crossover stuff because, you know, each one brings their their massive monumental audience to the other one and combine them into one massive <laughs> into, fusion. Into a mighty of, point five. <laughs> into a mighty point five. Like, what? And, and, really? guess, and look, and guess what's on the cover of the Warehouse 13? I know, I know. I was going to say that. Uh, includes the bonus crossover episode with Eureka. Oh, my gosh. 
Look at this. This is incredible. This cross promotion. Has anyone heard of either of these shows? No. no. Does anyone watch either of these shows? No, they do not. Yeah, wow, they're d- going to double their audience from uh, four to eight. My Dreadful. Gosh, these shows. But the, here, I will say this. Uh, the, the, there are uh, heaps of special features on here. Uh, not so much on the Eureka one, which comes in basically Ooh. horrible packaging. Hi, Wade. Yeah, hi there. This is like the, <laughs> wor- the flimsiest digipack patching for Eureka. Uh, Warehouse 13 is uh, slightly cooler and has a lot of special features, which, uh, you know, if you're, if you're aware of these shows and if you're a fan of them, you'll, you'll love it. Uh, you know, gag reel deleted scenes, heaps and heaps and heaps of featurettes. Uh, but my gosh, really? Come on, people. Wait, we're spending a lot of time talking about crap when there's so many good movies I to know. talk about. We so gotta, run we gotta through haul. this. Got to run through them. Okay, here we go. Uh, Going to do a, a blitz on the television stuff. Boy Thank meets you. Wor- Boy meets World, the complete sixth season. Uh, we're still unimpressed by this show, and uh, no special features. Thank you. Uh, you like that? Was that quick? Keep going. Rocking on. Oh, look, that's, I'll let you talk about that one because that's that's. Your alley. Uh, Billy the Exterminator, season three. I love this dude. I love him uh, mainly because my wife loves him. I never, ever would have gotten into this. But now uh, when we get the, the, the DVDs, it's like uh, a religious experience. Because Billy the Exterminator is, it, basically think of this way. Dog the bounty hunter, except he kills bugs. That's it. Uh, uh, you know what? Some of these shows are really stretching for jobs, like the coal miners, <laughs> well, the pawnbrokers. The thing, brokers, thing about Billy, and, and it's not just an bugs. It's not just bugs. He'll do, you know, rats. And, oh, like if you have a alligator wow. in your sewer, he'll get that out too. But basically what's cool about this show is There's that he, cool. he knows everything about every fly, bug, insect, weevil, uh, silverfish, ant, well, you so name does, it. so does every exterminator. Oh, but he's, he, he, just, he makes it fun because he kills them. <laughs> so like, does every exterminator. He kills them. Honestly. Dead. Look, you know, it's, uh, some people have, like, like, you remember like when the librarian really, show. You remember when A&E really was arts and entertainment? I know. Same with Bravo. Bravo's yeah. the same way. I know. Uh, Girls Next Door Season 6. This is, uh, this is just basically just uh, garbage television. <laughs> They're like, oh, why? could they squeeze a brunette in there once in a while? You know, the thing Seriously. is... Seriously. Well, here's what happened. The thing is that... Uh, well, I, I'm sorry. Let me, let me... Could they squeeze a, a, someone who's, who's an actual natural blonde in there once in a while? Uh, that is illegal. The uh, the issue is that they want to um, you know the the other the original girls left and they wanted to relaunch the show with a couple of new girls, and they did. They wound up finding uh, oh really new, those are different girls. This Crystal Harris. Jeez, they look exactly the same. Well, actually, it turns out who knew? It turns out they're twins, Carissa and Christina Shannon, and then uh, Crystal Harris. But you know what? The reason why the show didn't work is that once they got these three new girls, it was fairly obvious that. It was fairly obvious that uh, they were just, yeah. it was all just made up. They were just yeah. making the whole thing up. Totally. I mean, do you really think that Hugh Hefner really just has these hot and cold running uh, blondes everywhere? Mm, no, absolutely and the, not. And the moment he, it just, it just it's, it's, I think America just at that point just smelled a phony show. Yeah. And they checked out. So uh, lasted one season, uh, and uh, there it is. Uh, the original Melrose Place, uh, sixth season, volume two. Man, this show is running on fumes by now. And uh, if if not for Heather Locklear, there would just be nothing holding the show together. Um, I, I never really got into this show, but I adore Heather Locklear. Always have. Um, she uh, she gives me hope. I'm I'm not going to go what? just hope in general. So uh, that being said, no extras on here. These a lot of these Paramount shows, these CBS Paramount shows, man, they just they blow them out in in two volumes per season with no extras. I don't know why. I really don't know why they could do so much better with it. But um, anyway, an otherwise negligible half season again, except for Heather Locklear. Now you're you're a robot chicken fan. Explain it to me, damn it. I like robot chicken. It's funny. Took me a while to get on, get into it, but you know what? It's funny. I'm on board. It. I don't get it. Robot Chicken, uh, this is the Robot Chicken version of Star Wars uh, Episode 3. And uh, it's on Blu-ray, not that it needs to be. There's a couple hours of uh, extra footage, and uh, it's good stuff. There's actually a special appearance Mm. by George Lucas on this thing. Just saying. Yeah, that's great. George Lucas himself had 26 deleted scenes. 26 deleted scenes and four audio commentaries. Yeah, that's fabulous. Come on. Robot Chicken. Wonderful. I'm on board. Uh, It doesn't need to be on Blu-ray, though. That is true. No. I'm sorry, so the claymation does not need to... I mean, you know, you can see the thumbprints, great, but wonderful. Uh, and another, a, a, this is the one of the few Paramount CBS uh, television 
deals that actually does have some special features, and there's some pretty decent stuff on here. Uh, this is Medium, the final season, which may be why they decided to put a few uh, few things on here. Uh, some making of stuff, and uh, you know, a look back, and all that kind of junk. Um, and certainly, and a gag reel, which is sort of pointless. Not a great gag reel, but uh, enough certainly to make the final season memorable. I'm sorry the show didn't last longer. I think they kind of ran out of gas on the on the plot lines. Uh, I like Medium. I really do. I think uh, it's one of the more interesting shows in in recent years, despite the fact that it's based on a woman who is a complete and utter total hoax in real life. But um, you know, Patricia Arquette is a really good actress, and she uh, she's she makes this so interesting because there's so much depth to the. I mean, she makes the character deeper than the writing does. But that being said, each season and the final season is no different. Um, it's about every. It's like every fourth episode is really good, and the other three are just sort of treading water is kind of how it, how it works out. But that's still a lot of really good episodes per season. You know, you're still, still getting good five, six episodes per season that are just really top-notch television and really well, good writing. Well, this was dumped by their original network and picked up by another network. Is that, is that not correct? Uh, is, is, is Medium still on the air? No, Medium was... Um... That, because I, it... Uh... Not to my understanding. No, no, no. Medium. I'm gonna look I only this. ever watch it on DVD. Uh, because you. Uh, well. Uh, no, it was on. It was on NBC for uh, five seasons, and then switched to CBS. Ah, oh, see, there we go. Okay. Well. Jerk! See, you didn't know that. No, whatever. What kind of digigod are you? Uh, you, you know what? Apparently, I'm a digidemigod. Uh, I Carly, the uh, I is less than three. I. Yeah, you, you know what? I finally figured out what that emoticon means. <laughs> I really, I swear to God, I didn't know what it was until like last week. It's I love. It's like I heart. But yes, the thing it's is, I heart. The thing is but that. It, but um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a math nerd, you're going to go, I is less than three? I no, but the I don't problem understand. is. No, the problem Kids is. Kids get it. That Kids get it. The less than on a keyboard, the less yeah. than and the three uh, don't, don't line up line that up perfectly. Enough. No, they don't. They don't line up they don't. as perfectly as they do on the box of this DVD. <laughs> so that's why I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, now, this is a box set. It includes uh, iCarly, I Space Out, I Saved Your Life, and uh, I Fight Shelby Marks, all of which have been released previously, but they wanted to get this box set out because it's summertime. And all you know. And the living is easy? Summertime. You know, babysitting. Okay. Now, here, Mark, I have a question. Uh, we have the Damages Complete Third Season here, which is just fantastic acting by uh, Glenn Close and Rose Byrne, who I'm really, I'm really growing to like more from having seen her in movies, by the way. Um, you know, she's Australian. Did you know that? I did know that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I saw Glenn Close sing the National Anthem at a Mets game last month when yeah. I was in New York. Yeah. And um, at the very end, you know, the National Anthem is, is a tongue. was really good in X-Men First Class. That is true. She was good. She wore a garter bikini yeah, thing man. or whatever, whatever she wore. I yeah. forgot. Um, Glenn Close sang the National Anthem at a Met game. And the yeah. National Anthem is a hard song. Yeah. It's not an easy song. Right. And at the end, she totally shanked it. Oh, really? Like, really screwed it up. And, and the reason why she was singing the National Anthem is not yeah. only because she has the show damages, but also because uh, she has a charity. Okay. That she uh, supports, and she wanted to. She wore the T-shirt for the charity, and it was really nice to have her sing for the charity. So uh, when she really totally shanked it, people, you know, she shanked it at the end. People applauded. You know, they were sympathetic. And I was kind of waiting because you know, nowadays, if you screw up the national anthem, you know, you're on people are on Fox News saying that you hate America. You know, so yep. you, you've got to watch out. But uh, I did notice that she dodged a bullet because nobody actually uh, uh, really reported it. Which I think was because she was doing it for a charity. It's kind of like, you know, she's there for a charity. She tried, whatever. Who gives a crap? And uh, I was uh, glad about that because in the end, who cares? She tried. And wow. she's there for charity. And she didn't mean to. Uh, you know what I love about this season of Damages? Yes. I love the fact that it is uh, very timely. They do kind of a law and order deal here. And they decide to make the whole world economic meltdown a crucial part of this whole season. And uh, it's pretty great. Unbelievable the people who show up here Lily Tomlin and Campbell Scott and Martin Short It's pretty great uh, Ted Danson um, uh, And tons of extras uh, Great commentaries on here Cast and crew commentaries A lot of terrific stuff Deleted scenes And a great blooper reel Believe it or not Now here's the thing that I find uh, fascinating This is the complete third season And uh, there's a little ditty here Now I don't keep up on this show In, you know, as it, in its current yes, incarnation you do Season four I'm thinking alright It'll come out on DVD at some point And we'll cover it then It says here season four only on DirecTV? 
What's up with that? Well, it's like uh, it's like uh, Friday Night Lights. Okay, so in other words, if you want to watch it, you got to get Direct TV. That's yes. it. Yes, or or wait for the DVD. Oh, so, so cable and uh, FiOS and so forth. No, you wow. love FiOS. Love you know what? Whenever I see your FiOS, it's just hundreds and hundreds of channels of nothing. I mean, really. No, FiOS is great. CNN International and BBC World. I mean, you don't get those in anything else. The worst. Great. Although I, uh, I, uh, I, my, my car's in the shop. Again? So they, uh, well, it needed its uh, scheduled oh, maintenance. So they lent me a, uh, a Lexus with a satellite radio. Yeah, it's great. I love my XM. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I have to say but, that. But, but um, I got to say, I, I, on my XM, I really only ever listen to maybe 10 or 12, well, maybe, maybe 15 channels out of the 100 and some odd. It's true. Although somehow the ones that are from uh, the 70s and 80s, yeah. they wind up, I don't, they have this uncanny knack for picking the song that I, that I haven't heard for 20 years I and know. loved at the time. It's great, isn't and it? I haven't heard it for 20 years. And somehow they picked it. It's great. And they play it. Or but, oh, the, the, the other show I like is, 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 is the Catholic radio station. Well, there's the, you know, I, the, like the 24 7 uh, Grateful Dead channel, 24 7 Elvis. Elvis channel, 24 7. I had uh, never heard, you know what, thanks to uh, this channel, I had never yeah. heard um, Elvis, Elvis's rendition of A Bridge Over Troubled Water. Oh, it's great. It's great. The oh, Art it's tremendous. Yeah, no, it's, it's tremendous. Good times. <laughs> um, ER, the final season. Holy cow. Seriously. Finally, ER entirely done on DVD, at least until they come up with the greatest hits box sets that will inevitably be uh, roaming around at Christmas time. Oh, please time. don't. Uh, you know what? ER just completely tanked in its last few seasons. Uh, never mind the presence of Angela Bassett, who came on just to kind of shepherd this thing into dry dock uh, where it, it, it would uh, be completely uh, decimated. Uh, this, uh, you know, it's always been a good show, always well written, but if you if you've watched ER from the very beginning, it's kind of like ten great seasons, and then um, three really good seasons, and then two decent seasons, and then just running five seasons running on fumes. Wait, let me write that down. Hang on. Yeah. So there's how many good? Ten seasons? three two five. It's ten three two five. Yes, ten exactly. three two five. That's our code. Exactly. Uh, but here it is, the final season, and uh, it goes out with. Uh, I gotta say, it goes out really nicely. You know the. Uh, you know why? Because it goes out. Exactly. And uh, not as much by way of special features as there should be. Uh, but there is a retrospective featurette, which is nice. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the special features for the final season should have been more, more dominant. All, yeah. all, all I know is that the, the moment they hired John Stamos, you, you know you've given him. I know, right? You, yeah. I mean, John, it's like, yeah. well, let's defrost John Stamos and bring him back. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then uh, as we're leading into the final season of Entourage, which is, jeez, uh, what is it that premieres in like four days, right? Four or five days. So by the time this, this goes live, it's this next weekend. Uh, we now have on Blu-ray, beautiful, spectacular Blu-ray, the complete seventh season of Entourage. I'm getting a little sick of this show. It's kind of the same deal over and over and over. And frankly, Ari Emanuel's ego needs to take a little hit. So uh, having a facsimile of himself on television in the form of, uh, of uh, Ari Gross needs to go away. Um, that being said, uh, do you like the show, Mark? Um, you know what? What I like about it is, um, what's his name? Uh, the agent, uh, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven, yeah, yeah. Because I swear, he... Well, he nails it. He nails it. I mean, that guy, you realize that, that when I look at him, I saw my old agent. My old agent was... This character. I yeah, mean, I it is so spot on, you would not believe it. Yeah. It, it really is the real thing. No, I know. I know. It's just great stuff. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff on here that are exclusive to the Blu-ray. And uh, you got to watch it on the Blu-ray because it really, the show's been on high def for a long time. And uh, it's, you know, you, you get some crazy guest appearances here. And the, the, the bonuses go even deeper into that, mainly... Freaking Sasha Gray. Now, that's kind of weird because, Mark, Sasha Gray. She's a porn star. Yeah. And she was in Soderbergh's uh, yeah. the, the Girlfriend Experiment. Yeah, right? but the, you know, that's a movie. This is television, even though it's HBO, but it's still television. Uh, and uh, Sa- there's a thing on here, The Shades of Sasha Gray, an inside look into the world of Sasha Gray. A little uncomfortable, I got to tell you. Didn't want to get that close to the lady. Uh, and I know that you know sounds uh, strange, but, you know. It really, it, it, there are some people that are, you're meant to keep at arm's length, and porn stars are among them. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, John Cleese shows up here. Uh, Mark Cuban, who can't act to save his life, but it doesn't need to because he's got an NBA championship now. Mike Tyson. And Jess- maybe the Dodgers. Jessica Simpson. Maybe I'll have the Dodgers. You know, much as Mark Cuban annoys me, he doesn't annoy me. Near- who, how, is there anyone on the planet worse than Frank McCord? Seriously, go away, man. Just give it up. Just, oh my like, God, you didn't hear what cut, happened. So get cut this. Cut your losses. Just cut your losses. Mark Cuban, please. If you so, can save us from Frank McCourt, I will take back every horrible thing I ever said about him. So get this. Yeah. So uh, uh, a, f- a friend of ours, who you don't know, named uh, Eric Schumann, okay. he hears that uh, Frank McCourt. Now, Hello, Schumann. He hears that Frank McCourt is uh, on a radio show. He's being interviewed on a radio show. So Eric Schumann, who like has no job and no life, he decides to call into this radio show. Right. And uh-huh. he rips. He talk. He asks McCord questions. It's obvious he's not a fan of McCord. He doesn't like McCord at all. He makes his feelings known on the radio show. Get this. Mm. McCord uh, says to Eric yeah. Schumann, yeah. A schm- our schmuck friend, would you be interested in talking off the air? Oh, my gosh. Really? So McCord gets Eric's phone number. And then like two months later, Eric gets a phone call. Are you serious? It's Frank McCord. You're kidding. And no, you can Google it. And Eric and uh, Frank McCourt had a private phone conversation for like 40 minutes and where McCourt wanted to know, you know, what, what's your beef? Just figuring that McCourt was talking to the average fan on the street. Wow. So Schumann made it very clear that he didn't like Frank McCourt personally or professionally. <laughs> wow. And I know that there was some, there was some uh, aspects of the conversation that McCourt had requested that Eric keep confidential. Okay. But basically, uh, what Eric got out of it is that McCord is delusional. He thinks that he's going to retain ownership of the team. He thinks that he hasn't gotten a fair shake. He just doesn't get it. I, you know, I don't want to generalize here, but I have, um, I have on occasion brushed uh, up. Your teeth? Yes, I have, on occasion. Um, and uh, you know, I kind of like the minty feel. What? It's a, it's a, it's a, I might do it more often, actually. Interesting. No, I have on occasion uh, brushed up against extremely wealthy people, and when I say extremely wealthy, I'm not talking about you know people who are worth five, ten, twenty, fifty million. I'm people who are like worth over a hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars. And um, I gotta say, being delusional almost kind of goes with the territory. The, the, there's something strange that happens once you have. An ungodly amount of money, so much money that really you 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 will never want for anything again. That you could you could buy an, a ten million dollar mansion just any time you wanted to, you know, and just just for the hell of it. That you could just like you could say, uh, I'm going to drop everything. I, I think I want to fly to you know Australia and uh, spend a week. Uh, I, 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 if we, honey, you want to just uh, go go to, go on a safari tomorrow, like fly to Africa. Like you could do that when suddenly all of that is available to you. Th- th- there's like a disconnect that kicks in. And I, I don't know how you prevent that, but there's something about that level of wealth that just, it just like pops your reality balloon. I would like to experiment with that. Yeah, uh, I, I would too. I'd love to be in that position. Exactly. I'd love to be delusional. Uh, last television here real quickly, America's Test Kitchen, uh, season 11. Uh, look, this is a great, great cooking show. I can't recommend it highly enough. There's stuff on here that will make you fat in a heartbeat, but there's also stuff that's really, really unbelievably good. I have not had a chance to make all these, but boy, do I want to make some of them. Now, one I don't want to make is grilled pork chops and ribs. Uh, I'm sure Mark thinks Why that's not? wonderful. Because I don't, I don't eat any of that stuff. Nutella bacon ice cream. Nutella Ugh, bacon. Actually, here's the thing with the Nutella bacon ice cream. It was a little too, su- it was a little <laughs> too sweet. They had, they had you add too much sugar. So here's what I'm going to do, Wade. Ugh. Tell me if you think this works. What? I have a batch of Nutella bacon ice cream with, that's too sweet, too sugary. Oh, man. So now what I want to do is I want to make another batch <sighs> that has – I'm going to put in less sugar, right? Oh, oh And then I see. combine the two. So it's going to be a, a diet Nutella uh, bacon well, ice no, cream. Well, no, because I'm going to combine the one that has too much I sugar see. with the one that has too little sugar, okay. and then they're going to um, – combined great stuff here for brownies and cupcakes you're gonna love it uh and uh some some really some great italian food uh asian food stuff you're gonna love it this is just really good stuff by the way did i tell you i found an amazing chicken meatloaf recipe unbelievable where, where is it what is it now chicken an, ama- an amazing chicken meatloaf recipe really yeah it's my, my uh, sister-in-law sent it to us incredible send it, inclu- it to me it includes applesauce it's sweet yeah. oh really it's the best send it to me why are you not sending it to me? Uh, fine, I'll send it to you. Okay. Uh, Jerk. Totally. 
By the way, uh, a week from Tuesday is the final Stupid for Movies. I know. I've heard. It's been, it's been mentioned to me. I know it has. And by the way, we may have a very special uh, send-off. I'll be watching. Very, we may have a very special send-off gag. I'll be watching. Can we do movies, please? Oh, give yes. me that. I want that. We're doing movies. I'm I doing want movies that. right now. I want that. Goes uh, there, there you go. Got it. We got it. We're sorting through the. Come on, hang on. There's foreign stuff, and then there's you know we got we got to go through real movies. Okay, a lot of Miramax stuff has been uh, released finally from Lionsgate, not the Echo Bay stuff. Echo Bay. Anchor Bay. No, uh, uh, Echo, Echo Bridge. Bridge. Echo Bridge. Anchor Bay. Echo Bridge. I'm getting my bays and my bridges mixed up. Oh, bridges okay. go over bays. Thank you. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Uh, no, this is the Lionsgate stuff. Blu-ray. These are the A-listers. See, they 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 blew out all the other stuff on uh, for Echo Bridge. Now we get the A-lister stuff from Lionsgate uh, on Blu-ray. Chocolat with uh, Johnny Depp and that's Julia French Benoche. for vanilla. Yes. You know what? I I never. I mean, you would think this is my kind of movie. It just felt like a like a a, a, a wannabe attempt at my kind of movie. I never totally got on board with it, but. You know what? Thank God it's fine. This got a ton of Oscar nominations. Thank God it's finally on Blu-ray. Very, very happy. Uh, and it has the auto commentary with Lasse Hallstrom, who now does straight-to-video movies. Very tragic. But uh, isn't that weird? He's doing straight-to-video stuff. Lasse Hallstrom. Bloody hell. I know. So sad. I'm going to go through real quickly through some of these. Uh, Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Uh, unfortunately, not as good as it should have been. Uh, despite a, uh, a, a very good perform, well, a bunch of good performances in here, uh, not much by way of special features. Uh, Mark Herman, the director and uh, the author of the book, do an audio commentary, which is which is decent. Um, boy, did you see this? Boy in the striped pajamas. Uh, you know, no, because I heard it was I, terrible. I wanted it. Well, it's not terrible. It's just you expect more. You expect a lot more. You feel like, you know, I mean, look, anytime you're doing, and I, again, I think I told you this earlier, there's a movie opening Friday that I'm talking about on NPR, which is uh, Sarah's Key. The Weinsteins are releasing it uh, with Kristen Scott Thomas. Tremendous film. Unbelievable film. But that, what that does right and what this does wrong all goes to the heart of the issue. If you're going to make a movie that in any way flirts with the issue of the Holocaust, you got to come to town. I mean, you're, you're dealing with the single most emotionally devastating moment of the last century, if not the last several centuries. You've got to do right by that. And if you, if you, if you do it right, you've got one of the greatest films that anyone's ever going to see. If you do it wrong, people, it's a disaster. I felt that way about Apt Pupil. Exactly. I did. I felt like App Pupil was like it wanted to be a. It wasn't a serious Holocaust thing or serious, you know, because no, Ian, Ian McKellen plays a Nazi. Blah absolutely. blah. I just felt that one blew it. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, also from the uh, this new Miramax Blitz is uh, Bridget Jones Diary, the original Bridget Jones Diary with uh, Colin Firth looking not very uh, King Speechy and Hugh Grant looking uh, not very. I don't know Hugh Granty. Uh, no, you know what? This is a terrific film. I love this film, and uh, it made me uh, develop a lot of respect for Renee Zellweger as an actress because she nailed the accent in the most fabulous way. And even people in England loved it. This is a charming, charming film. Loads of special features, uh, all of them basically available previously. But hey, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, Bridget Jones Diary, scrumptious, and she put weight on. Give me Amelie. I want it. You just divulge that we got it. I want it. We still have Limitless to talk about. The unrated extended cut. It actually, it turns out that that, that that title is not accurate. It is limited. Yes, it is. It is limited in its entertainment value. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it turns out. Unbelievable. I don't know. He, this thing just came out like a month ago, and now we're coming out with the unrated extended cut. What is up with that? This is ridiculous. All exclusive alternate ending. It doesn't change anything. There is this, this, there's nothing here on this new whiz-bang Blu-ray that they're trying to squeeze a few extra bucks out of that is in any way worth buying or renting. It is pointless. This movie isn't that good. What are they doing? It's a selling point for a DVD. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Boys in the Hood, finally on Blu-ray. Um, could have been better. I'm just going to say that. And it's disappointing because it's a Sony Blu-ray, and, you would, and Sony normally goes to town. Uh, this one, they just seem to have figured we, we, just, we owe it to have this movie we just it, it's a debt to humanity that we uh, have to pay to get this movie out on uh, on blu-ray uh the one thing that did occur to me watching this again is uh just how good of an actor Cuba gooding jr was once upon a time i know like he's great in this movie 
He is great in this movie. He is. And Ice Cube's not so bad either. Uh, and now they both make basically the same kinds of movies, which are, are bad movies. It's it's a tragedy. But, you know, John Singleton made this when he was a good director. Hey, what happened to him? Now. They all make crap now. And what happened to him? Unbelievable. Uh, wait, here's the thing. There's a movie, and it's uh, called uh, Take Me Home Tonight. And it's based on an idea from... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, the Topher Grace. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you're going to see a movie based on an idea by anybody, why would it be Topher Grace? I have no idea. I just don't understand. It was, uh, it's set, in the, it was set in the 80s. It was titled Kids in America when it was shot in 2007. It sat on the, it sat on the shelf for four years. And it's funny because when, uh, when the film finally was released and people asked Topher Grace in the press interviews why the film sat on a shelf for four years, his claim was that... Um, the executives, the distributors, were too nervous about the film's cocaine use. And it sat on a shelf for four years oh, because they were nervous about cocaine use. It turns out it sat on a shelf because it's not very good. The only good thing about this film is that it, uh, it co-stars Dan Fogler. Now, Dan Fogler is actually a classically trained actor who is sort of in that um, that... Who's that guy from down, uh, down, South Down, Bound and Down? Danny McBride yeah, 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 sort yeah, of yeah, thing yeah, yeah, going yeah. on. But Fogler is great. He's by, the, by the way, ju- just got a couple of those DVDs today. Which ones? The, the, the down Bound and South Bound. And, Did you? Yeah. I've not seen that show, even I though it's, on, it's about baseball. Yeah, I know. Anyway, Fogler, very funny. Everybody else, terrible. Uh, not a good movie. Not funny. It's, uh, it's one night in the life of Topher Grace trying to get his life uh, back on track. And uh, it's not good. Two discs. One is a digital copy, one is a Blu-ray, deleted scenes, and uh, the Take Me Home Tonight music video, which, of course, we cannot live without. Oh, that's fabulous. Good, good thing there. You know, here's a totally bizarre movie that went straight to DVD, and uh, bloody hell, I just don't know what's going on with this. This is very peculiar. John Carney, who directed once, which is just one of the great independent hits of all time, just a beautiful, beautiful movie. I uh, got together with his brother, Kieran, and made this bizarre straight-to-video comedy called Zonad. And uh, I, it's just strange. I mean, it's kind of funny, and it's and it's cute and, and whatnot. But uh, it's, you know, what it, this is basically uh, about a, a small Irish village and, uh, and this guy that they all think is an alien who naturally, of course, is not an alien. Um, it's kind of weird, Mark. Why would the guys from Once do this movie? I loved Once. That's just a great movie. I love that movie. That is a that is just a joy. It's a it's a joy to watch. It's a joy to think about. It's yeah. a joy to listen to that movie Once. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, if you happen to see this and uh, you think, oh my gosh, it's Randy Quaid. No, it's not Randy Quaid. It's uh, the Simon Delaney from EastEnders, but he looks a little bit like Randy Quaid on the cover. He plays the uh, the red suited Zonad that everybody thinks is an alien. So peculiar. Such an odd movie. Uh, there's a commentary in a trailer on here. Um, you know, it's cute enough. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just like the guy from Once. Why would he do this? I don't know, Wade. I just don't know. You know what else I don't know? Why they had to remake Arthur Wade. Why do they have to Boo. do that? A perfectly good movie is now turned into a, a piece of crap. A piece of crap starring Russell Brand as the uh, drunken millionaire playboy. And this is... I mean, it has a moment or two, I guess, but it is basically everything that the original wasn't. Um, you know, there's a scene in the movie where Russell Brand, as Arthur, loses all of his money. He's got to get a job. And he gets a job in a toy store or a candy store We has to dress up like an enormous gummy bear. And you see Russell Brand in his it's enormous it's the worst. ten foot gummy it's the worst. bear outfit. It's the worst. You're like, it's, it doesn't warrant you're any like, discussion. Really? You you know you said something when we were watching this uh, that I thought was very salient. I, I, wait, I I know what it was. What was I, it? I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, it was you said um, if you're going to remake a classic. No, you said something in effect of, uh, and I'm sure you said it in a, in a much less literate way than I'm going to say this, but uh, you said something to the effect of, um, if if this had been the original Arthur, would anyone have wanted to remake it? Well, that's that's my that is that's my sort of your, uh, your, 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 uh, that's that's your, my sequel gauge. Yes, if the sequel had been your the litmus ori- test. Yes, I, I've used that for many sequels. If the sequel had been the original, right? 
would, remake. The it, remake. I mean, if the, if the remake had the been remake, the original, yeah. Yeah. would there be a sequel? Yeah. The answer, of course, in Arthur's case is no. Yeah, no, absolutely not. We got a Blu-ray DVD combo here of uh, Tekken, which is you know based on the video game, and like all uh, martial arts video game adaptations. It's not good. This is from Anchor Bay. I wish it were freaking better, but it's just, you know, I'm sorry. I I want these movies to actually be good martial arts films, not just, uh, you know, hack fests. And this one is just a horrible, crazy hack fest. It's only got one special feature on uh, on the stunt work. It's terrible. Uh, this is not good. Uh, it's, you know, not any worse than Mortal Kombat or... Uh, or, or uh, uh, Street Fighter, but it's kind of the same deal, you know. They all sort of fall into that uh, that that neo Uwe Boll mold. I love Uwe yeah. Boll, and so do you. Totally. Um, and uh, one other TV thing, just from British television, we got a bunch of Doctor Who stuff we're going to have to get to next week. But I did want to make uh, mention of Torchwood on Blu-ray, the complete original UK series. Um, you can uh, see this on Stars. Here it was originally seen on BBC America. This is twelve discs in a fantastic Blu-ray set. Um, this, of course, has concluded. If you ever watched this, either in, I, I first saw this in London. I think I made mention of that. You know, with our friend Andrew, I watched it at his house. Oh, look at you! Yeah, look, look at me. you! Yeah, yeah. I'm in London, watching I'm, stuff, watching stuff, doing stuff. Yeah, watching Torchwood. He introduced me to Torchwood. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. A little kind of a Doctor Who spinoff, uh, quasi X Filesy uh, Night Stalkery thing going on with an American actor. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is actually a really a pretty great show, and uh, it, the nice thing about this show, this is my litmus test: are the episodes rewatchable? And I have found, yes, there are episodes here in that Star Trek fashion I want to rewatch, and it looks much better on Blu-ray than it does on DVD. This is a significant improvement. I don't necessarily know why, but the DVDs are not that great looking, and the Blu-ray transfer, mwah, bellissima, mwah, <laughs> magnifique. My God. Magnifique, magnifique. Uh, let's see. Um, foreign. Shall, shall we plow through some foreign Yes, things? we should. Because you're going to give me Amelie. I want it. Me want Amelie. Amelie, also from the Miramax Library, now being uh, blitzed onto uh, Blu-ray. And uh, it is, I'm going to say this about the Lionsgate transfer of Amelie. It is very nice. Very nice. Should be better. What? Should be better. Well, you, Look, you remember how Amelie was with the, the photography. I mean, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, let, let, look, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, when he started making his stuff with Jeunet and Caro, the way they divided duties was Jeunet was basically the, 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 the director and Caro is like a glorified art director. And that's why Caro hasn't gone on to make any more movies. He works in the land of DVD, you know, CD-ROMs and all that kind of junk. Uh, he sort of gave up on movies. But visually, these things are stunning. And, the, you know, Amelie is just the hues, the gold, the way Paris is recreated. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And uh, that doesn't fully translate to the Blu-ray. And it should, and there's no excuse for that. Uh, that being said, uh, there's a lovely commentary with Genet on here. Uh, I, I have interviewed him many times. His English is broken, but he is a wonderful, wonderful guy. There's a Q&A with Genet on here, a uh, storyboard comparison, a lot of extra stuff. Uh, this is lovely. It, it really is still lovely. And uh, how, do I, how do you not recommend the Blu-ray of Amelie? Uh, another Blu-ray of another French film, Betty Blue. This is uh, Betty Blue, otherwise known in French as uh, 37 le matin. Ugh, he's in London. He's talking French. Thank you. Show off. I'm continental. I'm continental. That's why I eat uh, uh, applesauce on chicken meatloaf. Uh, this is the uh, director's cut. This is from Cinema Libre. I'm, I'm still not quite clear on how Cinema Libre landed a real gem like this, but they did a very good job of it. This is a uh, beautifully photographed film, a very good Blu-ray transfer. Uh, you know, probably not as good as it could be or as it should be, but you know, it, it's certainly it's compared to the Blu-rays, the previous or the uh, previous DVDs, it is dazzling enough, and it's uh, the longer version of this film, which is long, is really great, uh, and it comes highly recommended. Um, and uh, not a lot right by way of extras, but Jean-Jacques Benex, uh, you know, really nailed it with this one. I'm a big fan. And uh, if you have the uh, previous bl- uh, DVD, you definitely want to get rid of it because. Um, Beatrice Dahl demands to be seen in high def. Oh, yeah. Mark, have, we ever, have you ever seen The Sacrifice? Is that the Tarkovsky Sacrifice? Yes. You ever seen it? Uh, no. 
Uh, I need to talk about this for a moment because Kino has finally come out. Uh, Sacrifice was out previously in a rather dismal edition on uh, DVD, uh, following up on a horrible edition on VHS. Nobody has really ever seen this film as it was meant to be seen. It is, uh, it is a film that won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. The, it was, uh, what year was it? It was like uh, 87, I think it may have been. And uh, the runner-up film that year was Alan Parker's Birdie. And I remember I was very upset. I thought, oh my gosh, how can Birdie not win the Cannes Film Festival? It's freaking Birdie. It's amazing. Matthew Modi, Nick Cage, you know, it's, come on. Alan Parker. Alan Parker. It's, incredi- it's an incredible movie. You know, the, the Peter Gabriel music. I mean, you know, you've seen Birdie. Of course, I love Birdie. Rocks. Oh my gosh, it's such a great movie. It was the last time Nick Cage was a real actor. You know, incredible film. I was so upset. I didn't know who Andre Tarkovsky was. Like some Russian guy, he's got cancer. You know, it was a charity case. They gave him the award, whatever. And then I finally saw the sacrifice. Starts off with like a twelve-minute shot of a guy and a kid talking underneath a tree from like a hundred meters away. I thought to myself, what is this boring-ass movie? At the end of the movie, there's like a guy floating in the air, and there's a witch, and there's some kind of mystical crap going on, and the house is burning. And I just thought, this is the most boring thing I have ever seen. This guy has got to go. This Tarkovsky guy. Flash forward ten years. Um, I'm watching some other Tarkovsky. I'm watching Solaris. I, I'm, I'm crying. I can't believe how much I love this guy's movies. I throw in The Sacrifice again on VHS, this time, mind you. Horrible VHS copy. Weep my eyes out. Whatever. You, you change as you, as you get older. You just change. You change <laughs> in true. life. You change. Well, I, then you know I what? I missed I'm going it the whole time. To, then I'm going to borrow this DVD. That's, no, absolutely. I, it, it, is, uh, it is beautiful. What, what Kino has done here, they really, really knocked it out of the park. And uh, the, the DVD is very, very good, substantially superior to the previous DVD. But forget it. Come on. You, uh, you, you just freaking got to have the, uh, the, uh, the Blu-ray here. The Blu-ray is absolutely tremendous. Now, both of them have the uh, bonus documentary directed by Andre Tarkovsky, which is superb. Now, it's a DVD... Not a Blu-ray on the Blu-ray. So you have the Blu-ray of the movie and then the DVD of directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. But it is a wonderful, wonderful film that it just gives you so much appreciation for Tarkovsky's work and the impact it has had. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's perfect. To appreciate the movie, you almost have to watch the documentary. Um, uh, not so much by way of extras other than the documentary. It's just trailers and uh, still galleries. Um, but uh, really, you know, the, the, the mystical quality of this film, which, by the way, is not a Russian film. This is a Swedish film because Tarkovsky was an expat at a certain point and made the last, uh, his last couple of films in Sweden. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Love well, and I will uh, check it out on Wade's recommendation. Bloody hell. Let's see what else we're going to get here. A couple of criterions. What? Well, they're 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 foreign criterions. Uh, Jean Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast, which uh, I've always loved because it's just uh, you know there's that wonderful. <laughs> you see, I guess I guess unless you hear it in French, it's not quite as engaging. This is on Blu-ray. You know, this has been on uh, on the DVD for quite some time, and uh, they just transitioned it to Blu-ray, which has all the same extras and everything. But you know, the black and white is just so much crisper in Blu-ray. But here's what I love about this Beauty and the Beast. Because, number one, no songs, which I don't mind. You know, I, love the, I love the animated Disney. But this has uh, a lovely line where he wonders why she's treating him like an animal. <laughs> and, and she says, Mais vous êtes un animal. And I'm not an animal. Mais vous êtes un animal. That's great, way. But you are an animal. And it's just the intonation and the way that it's spoken in French. And it's just lovely. Oh, wait. And more importantly, yes. uh, more importantly is uh, uh, Satyajit Ray's The Music Room. Are you a fan of Ray? Um, you know, I mean, how many films did he do? 640,000 films? No, no, no. Like, like uh, about 20 or 15, 15, 20. Somewhere. I've seen like four. And I like them all. The Apu Trilogy? You've seen the Apu Trilogy? Based on the convenience store clerk? Exactly. It's so good. I set you up for that. Giggles. Uh, but the music, you know what? I'm not sure how many other uh, Array films are on um, Criterion. Uh, none are on Criterion. <laughs> this is, in fact, there aren't very many that are actually on DVD. There are like three on DVD, and uh, then there's the Apu Trilogy, uh, which is Apu Trilogy Criterion? I think it is. I think that's the only one that's on Criterion. Uh, anyway, the Music Room finally is out on Blu-ray and on DVD. They only sent us the Blu-ray. And uh, this is the... Um, 
This is a lovely, lovely drama about a. Uh, it's kind of it, it. You know, it's one of the Ray films that really gets inside not just the lower classes but the caste system in India. A lot of his films. Remember, he made um, Punjabi movies. They're not Hindi, and they're you know not Urdu, and they're they're not uh, Tamil, which are you know all legitimate Indian film industries. They're Punjabi. And uh, it's lovely. It's a, it's a great film. I hope the rest of them make it out uh, pretty soon because they, uh, they were all part of... This is now part of the Janus Library, and then they were part of a library that uh, Merchant Ivory were involved with at some point because when they released them all theatrically again, Merchant Ivory sponsored it. I'm not totally clear on how all that worked out, but uh, fantastic performance here by... Um, boy, I'm going to kill this guy's name. Chabi Biswas? Wade, yeah. Wade, Wade, Wade speaks the French. Hangs out in London. Can't handle the Indian epic names. fail on the uh, on the Indian names on the Indian names. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, and you know, just the the whole aristocratic music scene that this film depicts is really, really uh, very cool and very touching. So, uh, and uh, great interviews with uh, a host of people on here, including uh, well, there's a documentary on here from 1984 on Ray himself, which is uh, fantastic. But really interesting uh, interview here with Andrew Robinson and uh, Mira Nair. You know, Mira, Mira Nair, Nair Mira from Nair. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Monsoon Wedding, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mira Nair, love it. So, great. Uh, Sharks 3D. Sharks 3D is a uh, it's a 3D Blu-ray, and you know how much you love that. This was originally seen in IMAX 3D theaters, and this is all about um, them uh, sharks. Now, this is uh, Jacques Cousteau's son, Jean-Michel Cousteau, takes you uh, under the water, stared sharks. I kind of like this stuff. Although, you know what? I wish the video quality was better. I do have to say. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of ghosting on it, and, uh, you I know, it's not that clean. I, I increasingly don't mind uh, 3D when it's applied to these kinds of things. Really? Not so Wait much. Wait a second. Well, Let's, hold the phone, Doris. It's underwater, and it's a documentary, and it's a little gimmicky. And, well, you because know. you're thinking of the... Um, of the, uh, the... Werner Herzog documentary. Uh, yeah, although that didn't need to be in 3D either. Really? Yeah, but it's all 3D and stuff and junk. So Shark 3D. Uh, Ocean Wonderland uh, 3D is another um, IMAX 3D movie that is now coming to uh, 3D Blu-ray. And all, by, by the way, both of these, Sharks and uh, Ocean Wonderland, they both play in 2D, if you want. You don't need to have. Yes. You will need to see it in 3D. Yes. They play in 2D also. Mm. Anyway, there's some amazing underwater photography here. I think that the photography here is a little better than the one on the Sharks um, DVD, only because some of it is... Uh, in the Sharks Blu-ray, the problem is that the Sharks sometimes move so fast that you, you know you don't really... It doesn't seem that high def. It doesn't seem that impressive. But here in the Ocean Wonderland, there's so much color, right? Mm-hmm. And so much depth. To some of this beautiful uh, underwater foliage and whatever. It just looks great. Fabulous. I like it. I'm Lovely. on board. Uh, real quickly before we uh, completely run out of time here, a little documentary we got sent called The uh, China Question, which uh, I think is is actually very, very interesting. This is uh, a documentary by Brooke Silva Braga, and uh, I'm surprised nobody else has made this film. This really gets into, uh, I mean, it's very speculative, but the whole issue is, you know, what are the implications of China becoming the sort of new economic, military political whatever superpower in the next century or uh, several centuries and uh, you can find out more about this at thechinaquestion.com it's very quick 86 minutes long it's more it it raises more questions obviously than it provides answers but you know what it uh, as as somebody who really uh, has decided he's not going to buy a lot of stuff that's made in China anymore uh, it, it it made me think. It's a very thoughtful documentary. Really? You're not buying stuff from China? I'm doing my best to avoid it, i got to tell you. You know, it's all got lead and poison in it, and there's no quality control, and uh, it's kind of scary. You yeah, know? but it's cheap. That's all that matters. Uh, you see, unfortunately, that's what people think of. Anyway, there it is. So uh, that's the China question. Uh, get more information on that at thechinaquestion.com. And uh, with that, boy, uh, w- when is the final uh, Stupid for Movies, Mark? It is one week from, uh, you know. This Thursday. So yeah. next week. That is true. Unless someone donates a uh, million dollars. <laughs> About $18,000 to keep us going. All right. Well, there it is, folks. Uh, that will be a, a week from Thursday. But this DVD podcast will always exist. Always be here. Always we're, we're, we're going nowhere. That's true. That's true.